everyone, it's Benji here. I just want to let you guys know that the Budget Overland podcast is uh, no more. Uh, ended that back in February 2024. I just wanted to come on here and give you guys a disclaimer as to not buy anything from Budget Overland Official. The only two things that you should be able to join is the Facebook group, and that is under groups, and it's called Budget Overland. You have to ask to join. It's still up and operational. And then BudgetOverlandPortal.com will still be up and operational until the domain name runs out, which I believe is good till 2026. Anything, everything else that's Budget Overland out there, please don't support. Please don't buy. It's either spam, scam, or something else. Uh, just want to let you guys know, I did start a new podcast called Newfound Overland. It's available on all major platforms. Love to have you over there. Uh, just kind of disclaimer here, guys, up front before you get into today's episode. There's a lot of gold out here. You know, every episode we had some good guests and good topics. So I don't want to discourage you guys from listening further. So please do. And I'd love to see you over on Newfound Overland. Bye-bye. Welcome back to another episode of the Budget Overland Podcast. I am your host, Benji. I am glad you guys are here. Uh, unfortunately for you guys, this is my first solo time doing the actual podcast on Thursday. I uh, typically do a Monday show overland shenanigans by myself, which is fine. That's more of the housekeeping, you know, giving you guys information on what, what is going on in the world of overlanding, um, you know, especially things going on with my vehicle or trips that I've taken. But today, uh, I was supposed to meet with uh, someone and they did not hop on the um, computer. So I'll check up with them. Hopefully, I've sent them a couple messages. Hopefully, they're okay. And uh, so, anyway, I've got to get this thing going. So, uh, you know, this is Wednesday night and tomorrow, today, I guess for you guys, is Thursday. So I've got to come out with something. So I figured I would talk about rants and raves or TED Talk, if you will. Um, I did this a couple months, not a couple months ago, golly, um, back when Jay and I were doing this together, um, I think we kind of talked about some stuff that kind of bothered us or whatever, maybe it's primarily me cause I'm, I'm kind of vocal like that. I noticed these kind of weird trends and stuff. So if you guys want to click out on this one, I don't care. I just got to get some stuff off my chest that I've noticed, um, through the whole Overland community. Um, through the Facebook group and just the way, you know, the, 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 the way that this thing's moving, uh, the whole overland scene, um, it's just, it, stuff needs to be addressed. And I think for the most part, a lot of us understand and can relate to this. We, we could see this stuff, but for the new people coming into this hobby, I just, I feel like there's a huge separation, a huge, um, disillusion or, um, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain what I'm going to say. I'm just going to talk talk about it, and then you guys can decipher from there. Who's right or who's wrong? Heck, I don't know. I just might want to just get this stuff off my chest. I'm not calling out anybody. These are just observations that I've noticed over the last few months. Um, I've done this overlanding thing, um, you know, within the scene or the community, talking to companies and talking to different overlanders um, f- heavily for the last two years, ever since pretty much um, the podcast started uh, a little after I started the Facebook group, which has grown uh, quite quite large in the short period of time that, that it's been um, around. So I started the Facebook group back in 2021, I believe of January. I'll have to go back. So it's January 21. And then Jay and I started the podcast of November 21. And recently up until uh, this past year, April, I want to say around April 26, I started season three on my own. Uh, Jay and I had some differences and we just split our ways. 
and uh, you know, I feel like uh, I, I've got more creative um, control that away, and uh, to kind of push what I've always started, Budget Overland, and here we are today. So as most of you guys know, we'll just kind of do, we'll just jump all over the place. A lot of people are like, you know, where do you start overlanding? All this, all the basic stuff, you know, what do I take? Hey, look at me. I just bought this rig, blah, blah, blah. What do I, what do I take to go have fun? How do I find these trails to go do so? Is it legal to camp here? Um, is it okay to have Wi-Fi or not Wi-Fi internet whenever I'm out? Sure, guys, you can do whatever you want. You can be as comfortable as you want or as miserable as you want. But what we always say, or what I always say, is take your vehicle, whatever vehicle it is. It could be a motorcycle. It could be a Corolla. It could be a minivan. It could be whatever. Get in that thing. Um, go find you some public land. Heck, go even go to a campground for your first time. Camp in your backyard, for crying out loud. Um, if you guys could escape for one night somewhere, and, and typically I always tell people, if you could camp further than like an hour away from your house, there's that less of a temptation to call it in the middle of the night and just go home. So like I've got uh, me and my wife have a piece of property, um, 10 minutes from our house, less than 10 minutes, five minutes from our house. And it's gorgeous out there. And, uh, we spent a lot of time in the fall and winter out there clearing brush and just hanging out, cooking, you know, hot dogs. And we'll camp out there every once in a while. Uh, but you know, like sometimes if that was my first time camping, you know, it'd be comfortable for me to go out there. Sure. Why not? Why not? Um, but there's also in the middle, you know, if there's something in the middle of the night or if it's too hot or you hear, you know, noises or something, you, you, you get that self doubt and then you're more prone to call it early because you know that you're close to home. So a lot of people, like if they're saying, Benji, I want to get started in overlanding, um, you know, just, just myself for now, eventually I'd like to get my wife and my kids involved, but just for now, I'd like to get involved with this. Um, so my advice to those people is just get in your car. You don't even have to camp. Just drive around. Go, go look at Gaia or Onyx or whatever map you use. Um, kind of find a cool little spot in your area. You might have to drive a couple hours to get there, but that's the whole point. Go explore, push your boundaries, your limits a little bit, get out of your comfort zone, go find these things, learn how to read these maps, learn how to legally get on these four service roads or county roads, uh, learn and decipher which roads are legal or not. Um, no one's good at anything, uh, you know, just out the gate. You're not just born with this gift of knowledge and, you know, everything to just go out and conquer the world. You have to slowly get there. And I've been on illegal trails before. Everyone, surely people have been on illegal trails. Um, you know, when in doubt, don't go down the roads. But like, I guarantee you, everyone, even like the big YouTubers, um, everyone has been down like an illegal trail, um, has screwed up. But guess what? They've learned from that. Um, and now they're educating their uh, people that watch, their viewers, on how to properly do this stuff. Um, and, and for me, like, I try to get a bunch of guests on here that, um, you know, far more knowledgeable than I am. I'm just a platform. I like to have guests on regularly to where they could talk about what they've learned over their, um, you know, uh, years of experience from traveling from world travelers to, um, just, you know, stateside travelers or what have you, but getting started in this whole overlanding thing, all you need, folks, is a is a vehicle. That's it. Um, it doesn't have to be a Ram 2500. It doesn't have to be a Jeep. It doesn't have to be a brand new Toyota. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Um, just take what's in the in the driveway um, and just go have fun. And then you know, if if you're worried about not having the right things uh, or or packing the right things, for most of us listening to this podcast, we live in the United States. 
So worst case scenario, there's a Walmart in every town pretty much these days. Worst case scenario, if you have to drive two or three hours to a Walmart. Well, Walmart carries everything. Gas stations are literally almost on every corner. And I've driven through areas to where it's really sketchy. And you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to find any gas station in this area. But now we've got, you know, if you have cell service or whatever, you could punch in gas stations and probably 20 of them will pop up. And worst case scenario, you run out of gas and then you learn from that. And then you take extra fuel with you. It's not rocket science. You don't need all this crap with you whenever you go quote unquote overlanding. And most of us are weekend landers. We don't go uh, months on end. We're not going internationally. We're weekend warriors. You know, if you can clock out early on a Friday or take off Friday, if you can get to your destination, go do some wheeling. If you want to do wheeling, if you want to do sightseeing on some gravel roads, that's fine. That's all overlanding. If you're vehicle um, dependent, you know, you're relying on your vehicle um, to, to, to carry you in and out of these locations, to haul your, your food, everything to, to survive, uh, you know, it's out of your vehicle. That's all overlanding is. And you're going to get the hardcore guys that are like, Oh no, you gotta, you gotta be an international traveler. You gotta be out for more than, you know, five months at a time to be considered an overlander. But that's where all this smoke and mirrors comes from. Um, I think with the surplus and the rising in popularity of this thing we call overlanding, is it's it's I hate to say it it's almost too much corporatized um, to where these um, vendors and and these companies are just feeding off of this craze and this is to my next point um you know whenever you buy gear don't just buy it because it looks cool or because Johnny from YouTube puts it on his rig do your research on it or is this company um, who they say they are, or are they just a third person stamp from China or Taiwan or whoever? And they just find a couple of Americans to, to market this stuff for them. See if this company actually goes out and goes camping, see if they use their gear, see if they're taking their family. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I just started, um, when was it two months ago, we started doing the, uh, monthly insider deals. So whenever you sign up, you know, once a month, I'll send out an email and you guys can get killer discounts. Well, this is like our second month that we're in right now in September. And it's slow, you know, trying to get feedback from these companies. But uh, there's been a handful of these companies like, yeah, we don't want to be associated with anybody with the name budget. And I'll just, I don't care. You know, it, it is what it is, guys. It's an expensive hobby. Um, you know, for me, buying certain things, um, I, and taking someone's word for it. I, I really, I, I have your guys's back. I really want to try to get you guys the best deals. Um, I want to get good quality stuff and, and things that I actually use. I want to reach out to those companies and say, look, I've got this many people, all this stuff. You guys know the drill. I've been trying it, whatever. But there's been a handful of them that are like, yeah, we don't want to be associated with a company or with, um, a group or whatever called budget. We don't want to be affiliated with that. So then and there, you know, you're like, well, you know where their priorities actually lie. It's the, uh, the bottom dollar and the, you know, however many people in this hobby actually give a crap about who is repping what. And there's been a handful of other companies that are, um, you know, supportive of it because they want to make sales obviously. And then they want to help out our community. So that's, there's no difference between this and like a Labor Day sale or whatever. But for a company to just blatantly say, yeah, we don't want to be affiliated with someone with the name budget in it. And I get it. That's fine. Uh, But the the, the downside to that is guys, we're, 
this is a pretty big podcast. We are ranked up there on Apple iTunes. You can go check it out. Um, we're like the top 10 um, off-road or um, overland podcast. We've got a huge draw. We've got 52,000 in the Facebook group. Um, you know, it's it's nothing light. And uh, the email list I've got is 11,000 plus. So whenever you take that to a company and they're like, yeah, we're just not interested in, in a, um, you know, uh, the word budget or whatever. So that's kind of whenever you support these businesses, make sure you know what they support. Um, are they putting money back into trail uh, reconstruction? Are they putting um, money back into, uh, you know, events and stuff? Are they donating their time to go do trail cleanups? Uh, you guys could go look up that stuff. It's not rocket science uh, to find this information. So if you go to like Expo East, West, whatever, um, there's a, if you go to their website, Overland, I think it's just overlandexpo.com, you can go through there and there's like a hundred vendors and you can click on them and you can go to like the about and all that stuff. You can send them any emails and ask them these questions before you buy or, or anything. So if you're going to support these companies, um, you know, just don't, just don't do it because Johnny, the YouTuber, you know, is telling you to, because 90% of the time, Johnny, the YouTuber is getting a affiliate link or a kickback. So 10, 15, even 20% sometimes uh, to do that. Sometimes these companies are paying them to say this like a mini commercial, which leads me to my third point. Um, if you guys do watch YouTubers and I know there's a hundred of them out now, um, but you know, it, it always started out just having a good time. Um, you know, Hey, look, me and my buddies are going out camping, whatever. We're going to go do this trip over in Oregon. We're going to go up to Canada, all this stuff, whatever. We're going to go do Baja down in Mexico. And then it was all about the adventure, but now it's all about the commercialization. And that's probably what's going to cripple this hobby is getting all these, you know, brands or not brands, but different companies to try to. Uh, partner with these guys or girls or whoever to where they are. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say exploiting, but they're probably going to push a product that is unnecessary, if if you will. Um, which I get it. I'm all about. Um, you know, I, I I'm all about. Uh, what am I trying to say? Oh, what is it? Anyway, I'm going off on this rampage, and I don't really like to be this negative. Um, but that leads me to the other part. Everybody and their brother wants to be famous. Everybody and their brother wants a YouTube channel. And that's fine if, if it's all good and well. But I've seen so many people, especially being an admin of the Budget Overland Facebook group, you see these videos posted all the time. They don't care because they're posting in 25 other Overland groups. It's all about them. They want to sell whatever their agenda is, they just want to, they just want to be famous. Everybody wants to be famous. And I don't care if your YouTube channel is a hundred thousand or 500,000 in the scheme of things, there's seven or 8 billion people in the world. A hundred thousand people ain't nothing, but in a community that's overland related or camping and off road related, that community is less, probably less than a million people. There's not that many people out there doing this thing called overlanding or even rock crawling. Or any of that stuff. I would, I would put the side-by-sides maybe at the top you know, of this off-road thing. Because you could have those in a residential area anywhere. You could ride that down your street wherever. Chicago. Whatever. But if you're going to go overlanding and deck out your Nissan or your Toyota or your Jeep or your Ford. Whatever. 
there's a small little market for that. And I could see this getting way out of hand in the next year or two. Honestly, we're that close to where people are just going to be fed up with the commercialization of all this stuff and the greed, all that stuff. If you go back to the, not even the beginning of when Overlanding came out, you know, like I said, it's just, it's hard not to sound like a grouchy old man. So whenever you're wanting to go camp with your buddies and try to explain to people what Overlanding is, I always tell them it's vehicle dependent travel. Uh, You know, if, if I could haul in all my stuff, all my gear into my rig comfortably, not overloaded, we're overlanding. Um, that's, that's the thing. And to go just, even if you wanted to go camp for a night, who cares? You don't have to go wheeling. It's, 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 it's crazy right now, guys. And I know you could see that. And I think a lot of us want to just go back even two or three years back whenever quote unquote simpler times. I hate saying that, but right now it's just kind of cringy to say, Oh yeah, I'm an overlander. Or, uh, yeah, I'm going to go out this weekend. I just call it camping anyway. You know, it's just like, I like, I, back in the day, I'd be like, yeah, budget overland. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like trying to find good, inexpensive stuff, cheap, cheap uh, um, uh, hacks here and there. You don't have to have a crappy vehicle or anything. That's not what budget, budget overland is to me. You could have a brand new vehicle and then build it out kind of slow here and there. Um, you know, if you, if you got a cool, you know, idea, um, off one of the forms or or even YouTube or whatever of running lights or, or some little hack here and there, that's, that's budget overland anywhere. You could save a little bit of money to get you out there. Save, save for gas money is what I always say. Your travel expense needs to be bigger than, than your build expense for sure. Because if you're, (laughs) I mean, a rack, a cheap low end rack, I think is like 800 bucks. I think. Uh, you can go to a higher end rack for, I'm talking about trucks, maybe two, 2,500 bucks. Well, then you're going to put a tin on there. You want a soft shell, hard shell, a clam shell, whatever. So you're going to spend anywhere between 1200 bucks on a low end all the way up to four to five grand. And then you got some guys that, that want the hard camper shell style in the back. I won't name drop anybody, but now you're looking between five and eight grand. It is insane folks. And then you're going to do suspension. You're going to do regearing. You want to do all the lights, all this stuff. It gets really expensive. So that's where budget overland comes in. You want to save money where you can. Uh, it's not thrifty overland. It's not dollar overland. It's it's budget overland. You want to budget your build. Yes, everyone has different budgets. Yes, everyone has different ways of going out and exploring. People out west where it's really nice and open. I'm not talking about the Rockies or anything like that in the mountains area. But if you're on the desert, you can have a full-size vehicle in overland for years and be fine. If you bring that stuff to where I live in Missouri, I go down to Arkansas a lot. We have really tight trails. So a medium sized vehicle is, is pretty popular around here. You start seeing full size vehicles, um, you know, Rams, 2500s, uh, F two fifty stuff like that. They are going to have some hangups on these trails down here. Uh, not all of them. I'm not saying that, but for the majority of them, they're going to have hangups. That's why a lot of people down here, they got third gen Tacomas, um, they got the second gen Sequoias, uh, the third gen Forerunners are really popular, um, second and first gen Tacoma, and all those little smaller platform vehicles are very popular around this area. And, uh, you know, even a couple of years ago, back when Marketplace pretty much took over, it might have been for more than that, probably four or five years ago, back when Marketplace took over Craigslist. 
that didn't really help with, um, you know, us budget minded folks, uh, buying these vehicles. I remember mine, it's a 2000 Toyota forerunner used to be able to buy those things with 200,000 miles, 250,000 miles, pretty clean, no rust, nothing like that. You could even have the ones with the rear locker. It'd be four wheel drive, 2,500 bucks, 3,500 bucks for a pretty decent one. Now those things are going for like eight grand and I understand inflation all that stuff, but there's also the supply and demand. Uh, whenever we go and buy vehicles, um, where are you going to go? You're going to go online. And that's where everybody else is going to list and to sell and to get their information as to what they could sell theirs for. Not saying that's true with everything, but let's say you get that 15%, 10% of people that don't use the computer. Um, you know, if their grandson or somebody comes over, sure, Jimmy, can you snap some pictures of this and throw it online? Sure, that's going to happen. But for the majority of the part, people are parking these things out in the front yard. So that's where I encourage you guys, if you really want to smoke and deal on a vehicle, Try to stay away from the internet, especially used vehicles like that. Just go drive around. Drive around some neighborhoods, um, even used car lots and stuff. Go to a used car lot. Check them out. Um, as long as you guys know what you're looking for and stuff, you won't get burned. Um, you're going to get burned more by a private party than you will a dealer. And I don't care if it's used dealer or brand new. Um, people will lie through their teeth just to sell a vehicle. For some reason, I don't know, guys. I've been in the car business for over 10 years. Um, I've bought so many lemons off private party, um, versus dealers. I've gotten the most, um, uh, bang for my buck, um, by going to used auctions and buying from certain trusted dealers. Uh, but anyway, that's ne neither here nor there. So I guess with all this thing, it's just the old Ted talk thing. <clears throat> why we need to ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Why are you calling yourself an overlander? Why do you go out and explore? Why, what's the drive there? Is it for the Instagram glory, the YouTube glory, the podcast glory? Why are you doing it? And for me, my answer is I always get caught up sometimes with, um, you know, the podcast is pretty successful. The Facebook group's huge, but that ain't nothing. Like I'm not, I'm not like a narcissist, self-centered person. Sometimes I might come across like that. I'm really not, folks. But for me, it's just going out, exploring I love to make videos. I've got a YouTube channel. It's Budget Overland, but that's just, it's just me going out there having a good time. Um, you know, I'm not with the same group all the time, but I mean, the last huge trip I took was back in February and that was like three videos ago for me. So whenever I go back and watch these, it's like I'm transported or teleported back to those times. It's more of a documentation for me. And I always say this, we're all on different journeys. We're all on different levels of what we're calling this thing overlanding. Some people, it's like right out the bat, they want to go out, do a lift, tires, wheels. Um, they want to do the lights. They want to do the trash roo. They want to do the traction boards, all this stuff before they even leave their driveway. And that's fine. If you want to look the part, that's cool. Uh, but there's a saying, you know, it's kind of like the, the lockers before light bars and all that stuff. Sure, we all joke about that for years. But it's kind of true, and that's why I always call those like poser landers. They don't know what they're doing. Everybody calls them mall crawlers and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's your money, go do what you want to it. Um, I think that's kind of how I started out uh, five years ago or so. I had a 90 Toyota, and I'm very good at like kind of mimicking what I want stuff to look like. So I bought a rack, uh, blacked out my wheels, uh, painted the truck tan. It looked really cool, really aggressive. And it's like, as you see these people um, deck out their vehicles, that's what I wanted. 
Well, one time we went on a trip and all that, that bling or that crap on my truck didn't get me out of there. We got stuck. And uh, that's why whenever people are like, what do I take when I go overlanding? Well, if you just take, you know, your food, if you take something for shelter, if you take your vehicle, make sure it's topped off uh, with gas and you do an inspection on it and all that stuff, you're good to go. That's all you need. And then from there, you guys can make a list as to what you need, what you don't need. So as you evolve, you will have the gear that you need. You're not going to be overloaded. There's so many times I see people at these trade shows um, and expos buy all this crap, you know, and and they have no idea why they need it. They just buy it. And and this thing really is going to piss some of you guys off, but it really drives me nuts when people say buy once, cry once. I absolutely hate that. I think on certain things, you could buy once and cry once, but if you have that mentality for every single purchase that you have, you're going to be in debt for the next thousand years because it's insane how much stuff you could buy. If you're saying I'm a premium overlander, 100% premium overlander, um, you're going to have $300,000 just in your get up. Um, if you're wanting to go top of the line, everything. And I know out there, um, not everybody has multi-million dollar jobs a year to pay for that or whatever. There's a lot of people out there with good jobs, um, that are frugal. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have good jobs and blow their money on this crap for some reason, just to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. And I'm not judging you if you've got a nice vehicle or whatever, but just because you have a nice vehicle doesn't necessarily mean that those people have money. Um, I, you know, in the, in the Facebook uh, group, a lot of people will post, Oh, look, I got a brand new car. There goes my budget. Well, that's pretty stupid. Go buy an older car and then spend that money that you put on a down payment. If you did go put that into some gear, or put it in some quality tires. Cause a decent, a decent set of tires for me is two eighty five seventy seventeen. That's the tire I'm running. It's a 10 ply mud train. That tire folks is almost 400 bucks a tire. So you're looking at almost two grand out the door for these tires. And it is just insane. And you're going to go out in the woods and, um, you know, if you're on rock and stuff, you're going to, you're going to cut them up a little bit. You're not going to slice them open, but you're going to, you're going to cut up your lugs and stuff. And you're going to get back home after you wash all the mud off. And you're going to look at it and be like, what the heck, man? So anyway, these people that just go out and just blow money because they've got good credit or whatever, don't get caught in the rat race or don't get caught up in the in the joneses thing so here i go guys i know i'm gonna go off on this rants and raves but that's just kind of like it always drives me nuts when people are always saying buy once cry once i have bought once and cried once a couple times that's it but you know what a cheap little thing here and there that you're not going to use all the time it ain't bad. Now, if you're a brand loyalist or because Johnny from YouTube has it and you want to buy it, that's why they call them influencers because they influence us whenever we buy stuff. Instagram people, I'm not just calling out YouTubers, podcast people, whatever. Um, you know, I've probably been caught up in that stuff too whenever you're trying to uh, help people out or, or push a product or whatever. I'm, I'm really not that pushy of a product guy. Um, I always tell us to companies when they want to send me something to test out. I'll say, cool, give me about six weeks with it. And, uh, you know, if I want to partner with you guys, I will. And a lot of times those guys are like, nope, we want, we want it done in two weeks. And, uh, I just won't do it. I'll say, sorry, you know, you guys got a return label for this thing. Cause I ain't going to put my name on it and, uh, put it out there to, uh, for the world, uh, just to make a buck or two. So anyway, that's going on all around us. You just got to be smart. 
As we continue down this windy road, and I'm sure there's about three listeners that are remaining, because this is pretty doomy and gloomy, and I don't like to be that guy, but it's like a little TED Talk thing. It's just a little awareness of what's going on. What is up with, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to word this. What is up with, like, everybody, I don't even know if I want to say it. Hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of started. So, what is the... I don't know. What is the draw? I just don't know. So, if you are... It's none of my business, guys. I won't even say it. So, whenever you... I'm just going to keep this at a 30-minute podcast, guys. I've I've gone on long enough ranting. Um... You guys can ask me this in person. I'll answer it in person. I'm not going to throw it out there on the air. Um, but whenever you guys get in this thing called overlanding, you need to ask yourself, why are you doing it? If if you even want to like blast yourself out there on social media, why are you doing that? Why, why are you spreading um, your channel? Why are you spreading your content? Why? You got to have the why. Secondly, who are you trying to be or are you just trying to get out and explore? Is there... And I think it's great to have mentors. I think it's great to have people to look up to. Um, you know, I was, uh, I always watch YouTube. I still do. Um, there's channels I used to watch that I don't anymore. And there's a lot of baby channels that are way better than the bigger channels. And, um, I think that's just because there's so many more people trying to do this YouTube thing. It was kind of a slow tick until COVID hit. And then if they were already in, um, you know, the, the, the line, or if they were already a channel an established channel at that point, um, that really benefited all those people, um, that already had a channel. Now, post COVID, you could see a huge influx of people trying to get in on that train of a glory train or whatever. And, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. Um, but why are you doing it? Um, I think you could be the biggest, most successful channel in the world. Um, and have good or bad reasons for doing what you're doing. I think for the majority of this crew, for this community, not the crew, the community, um, people are pretty humble. And then, and then there's probably equally, um, the same amount that aren't humble, um, that are kind of, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Douchey maybe. I don't, I don't know what the word is to say here on the air. But you can you can decide that for yourself. Um, you can ask these folks questions. I, I just, this is stuff that bothers me because I'm kind of in, I don't want to say like that in a weird um, narcissistic way, but I'm kind of in the community to where I see this stuff behind the scenes, um, you know, more so than I did two years ago before I started this journey. Um, but it's kind of... Uh, got to ask yourself guys um is that company worth partnering with is is that person worth looking up to uh, are my reasons or intentions for doing this right and if you can answer that as all honestly um if you have to have a buddy you know ask a buddy uh, you know sometimes it's easy to get lost in this stuff and sometimes i get caught up in this you know i'll spend more time on this than i will with my friends or even my family uh you know it's it's wednesday night for me and i'm up here recording and throwing a B&M fest over here um, just because I can. And, you know, if, if you're still listening, that's fine. I think having these talks every once in a while are good. Um, another thing that's kind of frustrating 
is that the Facebook group has gotten to such a large size. I feel like the majority of us that get the whole um, budget mindedness and, you know, we're respectful and we actually support each other. And I know I bust you guys' chops a lot. The Kansas folks chops a lot. Um, you know, it's all in good fun. And, and for about 15 of you guys that live there or whatever that I know, I've talked to you guys personally in person. Um, I think you guys got a good sense of humor. So that's the only reason why I do it. I'll, I, you know, so I'm going to back off a little bit. Uh, you know, Ed said something the other day on Facebook. I was like, I'll start targeting Texas or Nebraska or something like that. But anyway, that's all in good fun. Um, I just feel like sometimes the Facebook group has gotten so big, so quick. A lot of us, um, are disconnected, I guess, in a sense. So I might start something private, maybe just for the people that listen to the podcast. I might invite some friends. You guys could probably invite your friends. I might start a separate Facebook page. I'm not going to say what it is yet. Uh, just kind of keep it more of a core, you know, more 52,000 people. I don't, I don't even know how many people actually are interactive on that page. You know, we, we sift it well, uh, got a good moderation team. Everybody that comes in, uh, you know, has to answer some questions and stuff, but I feel like it's grown so quick and it still grows so quickly that it's hard to build those relationships, especially, uh, you know, my friends that are in Arkansas and Kansas and Iowa and Nebraska and Florida and all over the country, guys, I've got so many friends from this. It's so fun. And, and to be honest with you, we'll probably never be in the same spot, but whenever we are more expo, uh, rendezvous in the Ozarks. Those are the two big ones I like to go to. And I see a lot of you guys there. It's kind of like a family reunion. I appreciate your guys' support and everything. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys don't think less of me for this episode. I'm not going to delete or anything. I might listen to it in a year from now and be like, gosh, what an idiot. Uh, but for now, this is just kind of just here on my mind. Um, I know for a lot of you new guys out there, it's frustrating to come into this scene. Um, you're either looking at really douchey, bougie, um, kind of people, or you're looking at authentic people and you could have this, those two people could have the same rig, the same build out everything. And you're always going to get the douche or you're going to get the legit nice person. I think the majority of the time you're going to get that nice person. If you reach out to them and say, um, hi, introduce yourself, be friends with them. Just don't be judgy. Like I sound like I'm doing right now. It's just a huge observation. That's very blatant and very obvious to me. I know it's very blatant and very obvious to a lot of you. Um, but that's why I say, ask yourself why you're doing it. Why are you following these people? Why are you purchasing from that company? Guys, I'm going to call it today. I'll see you back here on Monday for Overland shenanigans. If you guys have a comment about this, um, segment or whatever, uh, reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram and, uh, or you could shoot me a message at Benji at budgetoverlandportal.com. While you're over there, go buy you a patch of sticker that helps support the show. And also we've got a hotmail or a voicemail hotline voicemail was what I was trying to say. You guys can call in to ask me a question, say hello. Uh, don't ask me anything about this podcast or this episode, uh, unless you really truly want to. Um, but that will be aired live on Monday. The phone number for that is 314-266-9536. I'll say it again. 314-266-9536. Call in, leave a voicemail. You don't have to talk to me at all. It'll, uh, it's 24 hours, so you just go in there and go there. Anyway, guys, I will see you back here Monday. Have a killer day. Don't let me uh, discourage you or pop your bubble. 
I'm trying to be as positive as possible, but rants and raves, you know, you kind of got to go down that road. So guys, I'll see you back here Monday. Bye-bye.